What's going on? What's what going up? on? Welcome to another episode of the Love God, Love Sex podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Heath. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Jamie. Hope back. you guys have had a wonderful day today. Yeah, yeah. Back in the saddle, ready to ride to the horizons of hey. our conversational future. Giddy up, my nigga. Yeah. <laughs> I always think about that. Uh, what was that group? Uh, they did Hay in the Middle of the Barn. They're from Chicago. Oh, Crucial Conflict. Sure they had a song like that. It's like, giddy up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ride the rodeo. Ride the rodeo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crucial Conflict. Thanks for bringing that out. They had the CC back to back like that was their logo. Mm-hmm. That was actually pretty dope. I yeah, think Chanel, yeah. Chanel took that or did something like a little version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chanel was like, okay, I'm, 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 um, I get jiggy with it. Don't mind if I do. I can actually pay for this copyright, this <laughs> trademark. Exactly. Crucial Conflict. No one will ever know. Exactly. Another another war in Africa. Sorry to hear it. <laughs> no one's going to know. Exactly. The gift that goes around. <laughs> so, guys, as always, social media, check us out. Thanks for all the love you've been giving us. Uh, YouTube at Love God Love Sex Pod. Same handle at TikTok. Follow us on TikTok. Subscribe on YouTube and on all the audio platforms. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify at Love God Love Sex Pod. Go ahead and... Just take that mouse and press it right there on the subscribe button. Always available on email, connected, love, God, love, sex, podcast.net. Today's episode. Is there such thing as being unequally yoked? But for those who may not know what that phrase refers to, let's even bring it down a little bit more. Is there such thing as marrying beneath you? Is there such thing as dating beneath you? And we're going to explore this topic, so let's get right into it so we can maximize our time together. This episode, as always, is inspired by a creator online. And as you know, Jay and I like to shout out the creators that uh, provide us the content and the fuel for our conversations, because it's always about giving citations and credit back where credit is due. Kimberly Nicole Foster, check her out on TikTok. Uh, She's a feminist. Uh, She says in her profile... Uh, I make things for the internet, Harvard grad feminist, and she has a Patreon for Harriet. That's usually the, the, the name that she uses for Harriet. And she has some interesting takes, especially around the Ebony K. Williams uh, heated uh, t- topic that continues to roll on. Ebony K. Williams, I saw recently was on The View. And she had an interesting conversation, which is really about somebody asking her, would you date a blue collar person? And it just gave us inspiration to talk about dating beneath you or dating unequally yoked. For those who don't know, dating unequally yoked is your term used in the black church setting about dating somebody who does not align with your values. Now, initially and historically, when it says someone's not aligned with your values, they're talking about spiritually, right? If you, if you are of the Jewish faith historically in, in the times of the Bible, you wouldn't marry somebody who's not of the Jewish faith, somebody who maybe worships a pagan god or a pantheon of gods, you wouldn't be uh, necessarily yoked. And for those in the Christian faith and evangelical Christian church in the American context, you wouldn't want to marry somebody who was Hindu, for example, or Buddhist. They would be, you'd be unequally yoked. Somebody even in the church who doesn't come to church as frequently as you do, attend Bible studies or pray. It's all about finding the standards of what it defines to mean to be in the insider group, and you wouldn't marry somebody in the outsider group. And unfortunately, as with all games regarding inside and outsider, those lines get crossed all the times, and those circles get smaller and smaller and smaller, more restrictive and 
I would say even more discriminatory, but that's a conversation for another time. One of my favorite faces on this podcast, that's a conversation for another time, but dealing with this concept of marrying beneath you, Jay, do you think it's possible for someone to marry somebody or to date somebody beneath them? Yes, it's happened to me. Um, and somebody let me know very explicitly, <laughs> I was dating somebody who was 10 years my senior. Um, so they had already had some strides in their career that I didn't have. I was mm -hmm. really just kind of starting out. And, um, you know, they they met someone who I guess was more in line with <laughs> their standards. Yep. And, yep, yep. Uh, you know, text me like, hey, I found somebody who's more the man that I'm looking for or <laughs> that can afford me and, and keep me up. Farewell, sweet prince. <laughs> Blew a kiss. Yeah, and just that was the end of it. You know what I love Blew about a guys? Fire a gun. Yeah. I love about being a guy. Sometimes you just get so used to being rejected, it becomes comical in these kinds of conversations. You're not even like looking at it crying. You're just like, eh, <laughs> it was bound to happen. I mean, it was definitely messed up the way she did it, though. But, oh, yeah, text messages. But it was it was while I was down. Cause, so basically what happened was I was actually working two jobs when we met, and I had wanted to venture into modeling. And she convinced me at the time, like, yo, if you're really going to do it, like, you really need to do it. Quit your job. Quit both mm. of your jobs and, like, really go hard. And I did. And it was, like, for a couple of months, it was all good. And then I... I saw the ugly side of the modeling industry. I got tired of people asking, how bad do you want this job? Yep. Men and um, women, right? Men and women. Yeah. Men and women and, and feeling like, you know, the only way to get ahead was to compromise was the, values. To, to get ahead. <laughs> right. Exactly. The only way to get ahead was to, <laughs> get, to ahead. get ahead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or to give ahead. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. And so during that period, when I, when I left that, I did not... I didn't really show any, you know, ambition, I guess, to go back to work to corporate full time, just like right away. And I think within like 30 days, bro, 30, 45 days, she, she was out with her girls. She met somebody. And yeah, bro. <laughs> it was like, hey, man, you don't you don't own the bus. You just ride it. You just drive it right now. <laughs> Get your non-bus owning self up out of here, <laughs> out of here, you know out so, of here. I mean, yeah, I, d I definitely think it can happen, um, and I think I don't know <laughs> if, there's, if there's anything wrong with that either. You know what I mean? If if no, someone is not, if if y'all are not aligned, I mean, I think there's obviously ways to go about it where you don't, you know, demean somebody's humanity, but the the topic itself is it possible or do people do that i think it happens a lot i mean i've mostly seen what the girl was talking about in the clip i've mostly seen it kimberly nicole foster where women uh uh yeah the the yeah, yeah kimberly nicole creator. foster yep i've actually seen that a lot too um you know men who are not making as much as the women that they're dating and and i think you know sometimes it goes on for a little while and they're able to I guess, kind of get uh, over some things or get through some things together. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of times what ends up happening is, especially if you don't show the kind of ambition that's going to keep a woman around, they're going to feel like they're, you're a burden. They're carrying you. And, you know, I don't think women are wired to 
share resources with men long term. So it's only going to be yeah, uh, she's only going to be able to do that for a while that's, before yeah. it's just like, it's all right, problem. man, I need to find somebody that's really on my level. Yeah, you know, that's very interesting. Uh, so just to close the loop, put a bow on it. Kimberly Nicole Forster goes on to say she wouldn't date somebody blue collar because she has seen scores of women, scores of black women, to be specific, from different ethnicities, different nationalities, nationalities, again, all black women who at one point in their life, especially the older ones, did not have a requirement for someone to have a college degree, didn't have a requirement for education, didn't have a requirement for income, married these men partnered with these men, coupled with these men, and the outcomes for them, and I presume for the relationship, were disastrous. She goes on to say that while we are pushing for men to be with women, or really pushing women to be with these men, blue-collar men or men who only have a certain income, she brings up one factor, class, and two factors actually, but the first one is class, that you could talk about income, but the issue is what happens when your class is different? So she says she would probably date someone who's less income, but in the same class structure. What are we reading together? What books are you being exposed to? What skills do you have? What newspapers do we read? What values do we have? We saw Ebony K. Williams talk about this, where she says, I'm not going to be with a man and fight over immunizing my child. I'm not going to fight over our education. So her, with her status and her pedigree, which is quite deep and uh, you know, I would say prestigious. She doesn't want to have to fight on certain things because people who come from a similar class understand the route to perpetuate class going into further generations. And when you have people in two different class modes, they don't understand that there's a, what I would call a narrative clash. My narrative as a blue collar person, your narrative as a middle to upper middle class person, they clash. Some people would say the same thing if you're wealthy versus someone who's just middle or upper middle class. The second issue she brought up was resentment, that no one discusses how resentful many of these men are once they're in these relationships, and then they have to deal with the real life issues, problems, and just everyday requirements that are coming out of a relationship like that, where there's a difference in class. And these men get very resentful. They get very hurt, you know, angry because A, they're not providing. And then that may be a downward spiral to someone perceiving them not protecting. And whether it's coming from their spouse, the woman, or it's coming from outside the home, it's just impinging upon them. And eventually just they feel neutralized or in some cases fully removed from being able to be the man, quote unquote, in that picture. Now, that was some of my... Uh, interpretation of what she said. If you want to hear what she said, definitely go back and uh, check out her, her post and check out her work. So I do believe like you, that you can marry beneath you. I think the first thing for me, marrying beneath is about spiritual values, because that's what I value. You know, I've seen people go out of their way, and this is just in my Christian church experience, marry somebody who is not as fervent in prayer or not as serious in prayer, not not necessarily in line with tithing, not in line with what are the makings of a good church person, right? You're showing up, you're tithing, you're volunteering, and maybe you do some spiritual work that would be considered Bible reading and prayer. And then you marry somebody who doesn't have those kinds of values, doesn't necessarily mitigate their life through prayer, doesn't necessarily negotiate their life through the lens of Psalms or Proverbs or Matthew or Obadiah, Nahum, or any of these books of the Bible. And then next thing you know, you're trying to live a quote unquote biblical life where you're always seeking the Bible or passages from the Bible to help you understand how to 
pay your bills on time or how to win the best season or uh, best energy to buy a house. You know, all of these particular things that you do and have to do when you're in a relationship, they're relying on maybe their wisdom, maybe some external books, but they're definitely not using the Bible. And then now there's a narrative clash that leads to sometimes irreparable harm in the relationship. Unraveling. Yeah, an unraveling. So that's the first part. Now, marrying beneath you with class, I, I believe that Kimberly Nicole Foster has some good points. What I have noticed, especially in the bipartisan war that we're in, and we always say even the gender war, is that class is not really being surfaced and discussed. But people are becoming very prejudiced about the literature and the mediums uh, in which they're obtaining information because now it's not just about literature. It's not just about, okay, this book or this newspaper or this, you know, pamphlet or this small novella or even, even nonfiction, uh, sorry, even fiction literature is becoming even kind of subsumed or caught up in that. What's really happening is people are saying, if you watch Fox news, then I can read who you are. If you watch MSNBC, then I can read who you are. If you read the drudge report, I can read who you are. If you're listening to Zerlina Maxwell, the progressive channel, I could read who you are. And then people are making judgments about the type of information that these people a are consuming and then b that they're acting on. And we saw that best exemplified during the pandemic with the whole vaccine vaccine versus anti-vaccine. People will say, people do your research. Well, I'm doing my research well, then people would cough up all of these resources that you know affirm what they believe. And then if you were pro-vax, they would cough up all of these uh, resources that affirm what they believe. But there really wasn't any critical thinking or cross-talking or cross-analysis of the resources that were being offered. And of course, when I get into that, people say, well, what did the, the, the anti-vax have as real resources? That's a whole nother story. And so maybe, maybe the anti-vaxxers would say the same thing. The point is, people now are using the ways in uh, that you a consume information and the mediums that you have to judge who you are, and that is becoming part of class. And now saying, "I can't be with you," evidenced by the again by the fact that when Trump was there, people were breaking up for people who a voted for Trump or b continue to support Trump. We, we saw a lot of relationships uh, become severed for that friendships and also intimate intimate romantic relationships. Facts. But I mean, you know, anytime you start politicizing any issue, it's going to get like that. We talked about that, the extremism. So Yeah, but, this is, but I think this is tying into what Kimberly Nicole Foster is saying, that you can't just tell somebody, well, he makes $40,000, go ahead and do it because he's a good man, Savannah, he's a good man. No, you have to ascertain, well, how is this man processing his life? What are the main points of access points or touch points to self-improvement, uh, whether it's regarding health, whether it's regarding uh, their mental health, their well-being as far as their spiritual well-being, raising children, planning for the future. Are you making $40,000, for example, as a lawyer who works and defends uh, immigrant rights? Are you making $40,000 as a public defender who's trying to do their best to give children who are coming through the system a good plea deal or a good deal to get out? Uh, there's people making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 because the market they're in, usually if it's around social service market, does not afford and does not support that type of high level, high net worth salary or what we believe high people have high net worths don't get their money of salaries or w-2s and we know that already but you know where they are making a lot of money because hey there's a lot of money to be made here 
Some people are in the trenches in some of these camps in Texas, working with immigrants, trying to secure immigrants' rights, fighting uh, some of these larger policy battles, and you don't make a lot of money doing it working for a senator or a congressperson or municipality or a nonprofit. So someone like that, I think, Kimberly Nicole Foster can say, can be with somebody who's a city bank lawyer because we're both lawyers, we both doing law school, we both doing been through the you know higher education curriculum that's somewhat mirrored, and we could do that. Someone who makes forty thousand dollars, I'm trying to think of a profession, and I, I'm not trying to demean a profession. Um, maybe just being a substitute teacher. Being well, I wouldn't even say substitute teacher because even you have to be educated. I, I think she was saying blue collar. Well, you know, right now I just started at this factory putting together widgets. That's the classic business. Uh, example widgets uh, you know i I'm, I'm i'm working as a glassmaker i'm working as an hvac person and hvac guys make great money but i'm just hey i just started so i have to work my way up the apprentice i can have my own hvac business but this is where i'm at at 23 24 25 years old you just got your law degree hey do you want to get together well have you read chaucer have you read tony morrison have you read alice walker have you read bell hooks have you have you have you no 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 well i can't be with you because all you have is a high school education and you're okay with that level of cage education and the lens that it painted for you of the world or the lenses it gave you to view the world yeah i mean i I, yeah i guess the differences in that class mindset in that kind of scenario are, are glaring and i mean she would just be like yeah, you're not the guy for me. And I mean, again, I don't think she's wrong for saying that. Uh, obviously, I feel like there are ways that you could do that. That again, don't minimize someone or demean them. But I just feel like, given where we are right now, um, just in terms of like how bad dating seems right now, modern dating seems. Um, I just feel like there, there are uh, like, I don't even want to call it bigger fish to fry, but I think there are bigger differences um, in ways that people think that to her point can really set you on a disastrous course. So sometimes you do have to filter through class and you got to think about how this person grew up and their pedigree and where they come from and what's influencing them and what's motivating them and, and how they process their anger. Like all you do have to think about some of those things. Now here, here's the thing. I, I really don't want to use the language date beneath. I would rather just say date apart because just because you may come from a quote unquote higher class background does not mean your values have any more, you know, I guess moral weight than someone yeah, who doesn't course. come from that background. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I would just reframe that language than saying perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's perfect. And we always are out as we know from our mission to promote uh, self uh, acceptance and healing. And if that's going to help move us more to our goal and our mission of self acceptance and healing, then definitely why not? I'm absolutely for it. A hundred, 10,000%. Ten thousand percent. So dating apart, right? Dating in in a way where it's outside of your your circle of comfort and understanding. Perfectly, perfectly fine. So you're. It seems like you're agreeing with you know Kimberly and Nicole Foster and saying, hey, there's there's you do have to be mindful. And the first thing I think about that is travel. Some people just don't like to travel and some people love to travel. And when you travel, you really do gain a different perspective of the world. A lot of your prejudices are shed. A lot of uh, opportunities 
you receive a lot of opportunities to think through and renew your mind, see exposures of, well, see, just be exposed to the different parts of people's soul and also exposed to different parts of your soul. And it's just a, you know, a renewing and just heavenly experience to travel. But, Super enriching. Yeah, yeah sure. absolutely. Enriching is the right word. But they, I can see people who just don't do that. And if you are married to somebody like that, they're going to be hounding you. And, you know, if, they, if, if they're cheap with their money, why are you spending money on this? This is ridiculous. We, we should get a new washer and dryer. We need a new vacuum cleaner. I want to put the carpet down in the baby's room. This is, you know, this is outlandish. You are going to be hounded because there's some only, of the trips that people so want to go on. We can go to Miami. Yeah, they're going to so, say that. There's only so many times we could go to Vegas. Or there's only so many times we can go overseas. All right, you saw Istanbul. You saw Naples. No, I, I mean, I think the person who likes oh, to travel oh, yeah, exactly. would say that to yeah. the person who doesn't. Like, yeah. bro, how many times can we go to Virginia Beach? Yeah, exactly. How, like, Memphis, how, how, New York City, Toledo, Ohio. Yeah, oh, great, great. The Statue of Liberty. Okay, we going to see it again? Yeah, great, exactly. Great, great, exactly. Great. Oh, we have a good discount. Airbnb, my friend from college is up there. Let's just do New York again. And someone who loves to travel is going to say, no, I actually want to do Perth, Australia. Yeah, I want to go see Positano. Yeah. I want to go see where Paul preached. Yes. In Athens. I want like let's let's get out. Let's yeah. see something. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone is not into that, it's it's gonna it, it really will be hell. Because now you add in the no, seriously, because I I've heard this I've heard this from a woman friend, like I mean you, accusations of trying to destroy the man and you you waited it, I mean, this 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 stuff does happen. This, oh yeah, I know. This it's stuff real. does happen. It's where real. you know you're trying to undermine our relationship with your interests or your quote unquote desires. And we're not even talking sexual. We're just talking shit that most people can do every single day with their clothes on. Oh, you're trying to do more cooking classes, but you, you already know how to cook. Yeah. But I, I want to expand and learn how right. to cook different dishes, but you I, I like the hamburgers you make. They're good. Let's just stick with that. Right. I want to learn how to make this this vegan dish or I want you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, this I will loop into Ebony K. Williams, her whole comment and her retort back to people who questioned and really derided her about her whole bus driver bus conversation. Ivana. Iyanla. Iyanya. Thank you. I don't know why I keep butchering her name. Please forgive me. It's something I need to work with my pronunciation. It's like. I can know all these words and then get to a name or sometimes get to a word and just uh, uh, charge it, but it's definitely not on purpose. She talked about, you're the kind of person who comes home with C's and D's. And she used this whole grading system, which me and you talked about was probably not a, a bad, good, move. A bad mm-hmm. move, not a good thing for her to do. But I will say this, what I have noticed is that there are people in life who are okay with C's versus living an A life. What do I mean by that? People who are okay with the bare minimum and they won't do any more in order to get ahead and be that much more plugged into a, a more quality life. And I think that's more what she was talking about because I, I, I do see that. People who, who say, hey man, if you get really, if you score really well on this civil servant exam, you can be placed in a higher bracket and have higher, more opportunities quicker if you work for the city, for example, than if you get a lower score. Well, I just passed, so I'm good. 
yeah, but don't you want the opportunity for more growth and, and maybe even more income or to be viewed a certain way, have a certain status entering into your new job? Because that will be the first impression they have of you that, hey, this guy did well, let's get to know him. And if you sh marry that with a good personality and good work ethic, hey, that job is yours. No, I'm good. I've heard people, you know, for example, who have to be police officers and there is a health requirement, right? So you have to be able to run five miles. You have to be able to do X amount of push-ups in two minutes. And some people will say, well, the requirement's five miles. I'll run five miles every day. As opposed to let me train my body to run seven miles because on the day of the exam, if my stomach is messed up or if I'm not feeling well, or, you know, I know that I'm so comfortable running seven miles, it's that much easier for me to run five. I know that if the requirement is 42 push-ups or 50 push-ups in two minutes, if I'm used to doing 100, 50 ain't going to be no thing. I'm going to bust that exam, that test wide open. And some people just say, eh, I'm good. I'll do 42. And just leave yeah. it open to chance or leave it open to some of the issues that happen on test days for all of us where now you have just barely passed, if at all, because all you want to do was bare minimum. And that happens in, in these relationships. People who are married to people who are high achievers or people who are bare minimum people. Yeah, that's tough. Even people who don't even want to tip. I don't, I'm not going to tip somebody. It's like, no, here in this hotel or any hotel, you tip as a way of A, showing people that you appreciate their work. And then B, these are people who form relationships who can give you information about the hotel, the resort, deals going on. And they'll even tell you to look out if there's an issue going mm -hmm. on. Hey, don't go yep. down there today, my tonight, Poppy. Don't, yep. Oh, hey, don't go down there, sir. Don't go down there. All right, cool, yeah. man. Thanks. So, you know, they're doing little things for you to feel connected to you, even if it's a transactional relationship for a week or two weeks at a resort. But there's people who will fight you about giving a tip. Yeah, facts. I, I can't be with that person. Yeah. Like. So this this so this whole thing about dating apart or dating different uh, has something to be there. I mean, even if you're, you're with somebody who's not a family person and you are really with your family all the time. Right. I know a lot of guys who wanted to have kids. Yeah. But you know what I mean? The women that they were dating, just they wanted to preserve their body. And it was just like, yo, we're we not aligned in that way. Or, I mean, just like you talked about, because I feel like the tipping thing is really more about uh, being gracious to somebody mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and gratitude. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you can't really show gratitude or even consider the fact that you're like, this is what these people live off of. If you, if you just don't have the capacity to see that um, and empathize with that and be just a giver, from that space, yeah, that's, that's that's hard for me. I wouldn't be able to date somebody like that. I mean, I've I've had a like super 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 bad chick. We went out, and I mean, yo, just the way that I heard her talk to the wait staff, I was like, oh yeah, this would be the last time we hang out. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh for that's, sure. To me, that to me that was one of those big. We dating differently. Yeah. We date we dating apart. Oh yeah, we dating apart. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, you know, because I I can't I can't tolerate that type of behavior. And there's more to it. There's more instances of this that go on that I do believe uh, the content creator, Kimberly Nicole Foster, does have a point. And even I believe Ebony K. Williams' point on some of these issues were accurate. Again, my issue with Ebony K. Williams was maybe the articulation, the use of certain words or phrases or her setup that just, I think, ultimately soured 
um, on the delivery. But her, as we said, Ebony K. Williams, that's her opinion. That's her opinion. That's what she wants. That's what she wants. Why are we deriding and pulling this woman down for her opinion? Same thing with uh, Kimberly uh, Nicole Foster. She's offering some points here about why she wouldn't do certain things because she's seen anecdotally uh, for some of her, her relationships and network, those relationships ended up to be pretty disastrous. And they are hard when someone's saying to you, we have to save or we have to do certain things to have certain experiences and they just don't understand. It just doesn't compute. Yeah. If it doesn't click, man, that's like, that's, and it's hard to sit down and try to talk to them about it mm -hmm. and make them understand. And then you start re like rethinking. Yeah. Did I, did I marry? Am I with the right person? Cause they don't even get the fact that I want our kids to have a college phone. They don't even get, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple, true. but, but again, like that could be how big the difference is in terms of how you grew up, where you mm -hmm. come from. And he, and I mean, sometimes for some people, this is what I wanted to say about, uh, the content creator. Class is not always think something that people take into account, but or it's not the thing that's maybe leading the criteria in terms mm -hmm. of the partner that they're looking for. But sometimes it is a big factor and yeah. sometimes you do have to consider it. And I, and I hear her when she says, you know, it's something that's not always really talked about. Yeah, she said that. And another post she has, she's like, people criticizing Evan K. Williams, they were trying to say that she's classist, but he, she's like, I don't think classism came into it at all because most people, like you just said, she says, don't talk about classism. It's not really surfaced in American life, even though it's one of the cross-cutting factors that you could say is ultimately, it's the golden thread that really needs to be pulled on if we want to talk about uniting and you want to talk about labor rights and reimagining society and challenging inequities in real estate, healthcare, uh, manufacturing business, all across the board, class is a unifying factor. But as we said in our first season with Cheryl Cashin, which we talked about, uh, interracial dating we talk about interracial sex go out and check that episode uh, from our first season cheryl cashton talks about she's given up on the idea of an interracial you know united front based on class similarities that could really challenge some of the discriminatory practices and structures that are inhibiting all americans across all shades unfortunate word and on that note and on that note thanks guys for listening to this episode as always, we appreciate your time and your dedication to listening to us and following up with us. Check us out on TikTok, YouTube at Love God Love Sex Pod. Also, check us out on audio platforms: Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts at Love God Love Sex Pod. Go ahead and subscribe and follow. Uh, follow on TikTok, subscribe on the others, and we're on email. Connect at Love God Love Sex Podcast.net. Uh, check out uh, and check it out and give us some, you know, feedback written or, or if you want to give us feedback on the audio platforms, go ahead and give us that rating five out of five and leave us some comments and use the, leave the email for show ideas and suggestions. Thanks again, guys. That's our episode for today. Until next time, take care. Peace.